Hi, this is Ryan, and thanks for joining us for I Missed It. We want to hear your opinions, too. You can find us over on Twitter at I Missed It Pod. Let us know if you're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer along with us, whether it's for the first time, like me, or the fifth time. This show would not exist without the support of Ghostlight Media and our patrons. Thank you all so much for your support. You can find the rest of the shows on our network at ghostlightmedia.net. That's all for now. Enjoy the show. I missed it. We watched talk about a show that one of us saw and the other one missed. My name is Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And I missed it. I am the host that missed it. Completely and utterly missed it. And Brittany has seen Buffy before. Yes. So now we've seen episode two. Well, now I've seen episode two. I feel like I'm a Buffy expert now. (laughs) It only takes two episodes, right? And you just understand everything there is to know about this? Sure. Thank you for patronizing me. I appreciate it. (laughs) The first episode left off with um, as cliffhangery as a pilot can get uh, in the midst of certain death and doom with a vampire's fangs at her throat. Uh, they called cut. Now we get the rest of it. Um, she just punched him. That's all that happened. Like, that was the cliffhanger. She's like, oh no, I'm going to die. And then she just punched the vampire. And then Well, it was the... She cross necklace. Oh, I thought that was later. No. That was the cross necklace? Oh, yes. The mysterious cross necklace. Do you know the uh, the Chekhov's gun theory? No. Uh, the rule that people think of when they talk about and write about his plays or whatever is the immense foreshadowing he had. So it, yeah. the rule became if you saw a gun on stage in Act 1, it had to be fired by the end of the show. Okay. I mean, I've heard the theory. I've just never heard it. Chekhov's gun. Yeah. So this is now Angel's Cross. Okay. The Angel's Cross Theory. If you uh, show us a cross in the pilot, it has to uh, burn some vamp flesh in the second episode. Yeah, I mean. And I'm sure it continues to. Yes. Because why wouldn't it? So that was a lot. All of the exposition that we didn't get in the pilot, we got here in part two of the pilot. Which is impressive because we got a lot in the pilot. (laughs) We did. And even then, this felt a little different. Yeah. Because they even did the the nudge, nudge, wink, wink thing of, I think Buffy even had a line about, hey, this is the part where we tell you everything I already know because you have to be brought up to speed or something. Yeah. Uh, As with most um, shows about uh, great heroes with great power and responsibility, um, her friends know. Yeah. It took like three seconds. Yeah. It took, yeah. (laughs) They, They knew before they were even friends. Yes. Really. Because they were not really friends until the end of the second episode. Correct. But that was an episode. So, um, yeah, did you you remember this one as well as you thought you did? Yes. Yes, for the most part. I forgot, though, like how one, this is going to sound really bad, but like how terrible of an actor David Boreanaz is at the beginning of this. It's so bad. It's not just him, though. Yes. It's not just him. The acting is stilted. Yes. To say the least. I have a note here. I wrote down, 
if they scoff before their line one more time. Oh. <clears throat> ah, oof, oof, hmm. It was just so much. It was like the it was, it was the entire conversation between Buffy and Angel. Actually, it was the one that it really jumped really out. Bad. But it was oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. That was the first when I started taking notes. I didn't take notes before that, and then I started with that because they're trying really hard to make Angel not creepy. Right. I mean, they put him in that suit, and they're making him as good looking as anybody else on the show. And his it's his shirt is very pristine white, and that's just not what I remember from Angel. He wears black, all black. Okay. I guess this is the part where we say, if in case you've been living under a rock, like, the show hasn't told us who Angel is yet. But that's, it hasn't. It's, it, in this day and age, it's not a well-kept secret. No. It's not like a spoiler or anything, but Angel is not an angel. No. Well, he also, there's a lot to Angel. There's a lot to Angel. <laughs> he got his own show, I hear, and we're going to watch it eventually. Yes. Um, but they're working really hard to foreshadow that. But also not, but like not tell you. Like they're they're working they're, they're working so hard for a big reveal. Yes. When it feels like when the reveal is everyone's a vampire, it's not a reveal anymore. I think that actually speaks a little bit to TV today in 2019 because TV is everywhere and everything has its own shtick and everything has a twist and everything has a this or a that almost to the fact that. We've become desensitized as an audience to it. Mm-hmm. Things we have become so formulaic that things don't surprise you anymore. Or it's, okay, yes, I understand all this is happening. And the twist is right there. Found it. Yeah. Um, but it's like... But 20 plus years ago, mm-hmm. that wasn't normal. Correct. Because now the normal is, we tell you that there's a twist happening. Right. Like, the new normal is how to get away with murder. Where they literally tell you there is a twist. We're not going to tell you what it is. You know when you find out. Yes. And it's it's a whole different thing. But even then, 20, what, 23 years ago or whatever it was, when this came out, we didn't have as many stories being told through the medium of television. We didn't have Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or any of that stuff. Like, you had your public channels, and then maybe you had some cable now we would know it as the CW. It was the WB back then, right? I think. The current... Or it was UPN or if something. We, if like, we go by what this season of Buffy and what Buffy was on in season one of Buffy, it was on the WB. It moved to UPN at some point. And then it ended, I think, before UPN and WB became the CW. Gotcha. Okay, it's a lot of letters. Yeah. It's a lot of letters. But all that to say, not as many people got to tell stories through TV, mm-hmm. which is why Buffy was so important, because it was a fantasy show, it was current times, and it was a strong female lead, which Correct. is almost becoming a cliche now. Be like, yeah. my show has a strong female lead, you should watch it. Um, but 23 years ago... Like and it was it's created. Ground, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, and especially because it's not created by a woman. Like yeah. I, I think that's a big deal too. Yeah, Joss Whedon, creator, writer. And anyway, uh, so more things happened in this episode. Um, we see the master vampire sends his goonies out to uh, 
suck other people's blood through them so that he can escape because he's been trapped in the sewer system for 60 years. And like a portal thing. Which is what Willow found out on the internet. Yes. Because, oh, that's funny. Um, I did write down, um, I did note the first time that Giles struggled with technology, and this feels like it's going to be a bit. It is. It's a bit. Giles does not understand technology at all. And he didn't even, uh, it was was lazy. He didn't even try. Like, he was saying a line, and you could hear Mm -hmm. him typing and not finding anything. It was was kind of lazy, but Mm -hmm. they established it. But that's how he will be. He does not the th- it's not that he struggles with technology, it's that he does not like it. Ah, uh, see that's different. That's yes. different. They haven't established that though. Yes. Because there's also a storyline with the computer teacher next season. Gotcha. But Willow does know technology because yes. they are setting Willow up. Willow is the nerd. Willow knows everything modern and hip and all of that stuff and because she knows computers she's a nerd or geek or whatever they called her it was interesting to watch a uh, 1997 uh, computer coding class even if it was not terribly uh, long it was still interesting that it was there and they continued to establish Cordelia as the worst person ever TM yes and yeah we'll get more of that computer stuff next season with the computer teacher I I wrote that it's pretty standard to have Giles and Willow doing research of some kind, Buffy hunting, and Xander just being Xander. Complaining? Yeah. Just complaining. You can have Xander all over the place. Yeah. No, there's a lot of episodes in front of us, but I hope we don't get... It's not 150 episodes of Xander complaining. I hope he gets not a little more care. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> okay. That's a strong endorsement. It depends. You get depth from Xander. The bad fight choreography continues. It was not as bad as a body double hitting the corner of a plinth and not reacting. Some of it was better, but when you're relying on slapstick sound effects to show that a punch happened... Yes. Like, at, at one point, I thought I was... Uh, I think it was a point that Xander was on stage and he was... Or, wow. I think at one point when Xander was on screen and he was saying something, and I don't know why, but for a brief second, I thought I was watching an, uh, a live-action Scooby-Doo. Like, yeah. I don't know, with the just the sound effects and the, the bad lighting and the stilted acting at times, I'm just like, uh, it was like, oh, this is like live-action Scooby-Doo 3, which fits, because Sarah Michelle Gellar goes on to <laughs> such iconic roles. Right. I even, I put that, um, I forgot that Luke, like, tries to hug her to death. Yeah. Like, the fight choreography just doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. It's because they have to monologue, and it's 43 minutes, so they've got to fill time. The bad guys can't just fight. Like, he even says, he's like, nobody's beaten me in a fight since 1843 in Madrid. And then he, like, tries to hug the Slayer to death. Yes. And then it just doesn't work because, of course, it doesn't work. He's got both of his arms wrapped around her and off the ground, and he has complete control. Her neck is right there. But he needed a monologue first. Yeah, but he had a monologue. (laughs) Um, He had a monologue. What else is a vampire going to do? Yeah. I would just like to see Angel's entire face in one shot. That's all I would like. Because every shot is either 
the left side of his face is obscured or the right side of his face is in shadow and you can only ever see like half of his face at one time and i know they're doing it on purpose yeah but it drives me nuts because everything's just dark yeah everything is really dark i made a note about how the vampires are very clean eaters yeah there's no blood. <laughs> yeah there's no blood because content warning i guess or but I know that there's blood later. So yeah, they just I'm didn't confused. want to do it in the pilot. We did get a couple of good jokes in this one, though. Um, we did get a British royal family joke. Principal Flutie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it didn't make any sense. Uh, but that they, you can make that joke today. And then they yeah. also made a, a joke about... Oh, what was the other one I wrote down? Oh, yes. Uh, Xander had a very good joke about... Uh, Vampires can fly? No, they just they just drive. Yeah. It was a good that was a good one. The oh, their I think their teeth get better because I forgot how much they're really hard to understand. They with are. The, they're very with, lispy. Yeah, they're with very the lispy. Vampire teeth in their mouth. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they get better, but still not great. Yeah, the with the vampire teeth in their mouth and all the stuff under their face, I'm sure they can't breathe out of their nose. Like, I'm yeah. sure that's all. I mean, even not much. They at least can't do it much. It almost sounded like a couple of times, particularly when the master was talking, he sounded just a little bit like Jim Carrey's Grinch. Yeah. Just a little bit because the full face prosthetic and yeah. everything that goes on there. But there were just a couple of times. And he sounded, he was so lispy, especially when he spoke for extended lines. Yeah. And hit S's and just lisp all over the place because of everything he, they have going on. Yeah. Also, the Jesse kill was wrong. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Calling out Joss Whedon. He did it wrong. Because it's very specific that... Um, and they do, this, they do it later on, too, that you can only kill with the wooden stake. It's to the heart. Not the lower neck. Yeah, they hit. He hit him, <laughs> like the collarbone. Yeah, he didn't even hit him. He got pushed into. Well, it. he got pushed into it, but he it got was pushed into it, and it was only like it was the collarbone. And he had this massive stake like pushed up against him, and like maybe a quarter of an inch of that stake punctured flesh. Like, yeah. Okay. I don't great remember if they specifically like in this episode or even in the pilot said that you have to hit them in the heart but they specifically if you're staking a vampire you have to hit them in the heart because if you hit them anywhere else they don't die and they do that later where somebody hits them in the collarbone Mm. and they don't die because they didn't get them in the heart that's a problem but xander accidentally staked him in the collarbone and he died they just haven't established that rule of the world yet that lore doesn't exist yet Yes. Also, the master is really grumpy, and I forgot that he was really grumpy. He's so grumpy. I love him. I love that character. That guy is working so hard. He's yeah. putting in some work. He's getting it done. And he's interesting, too. Like, yeah. it's not It's not just a flat, two-dimensional bad guy. It's not, hey, I'm the bad guy because there's a bad guy. It's There's depth there, and there's personality there. He's not just... Faceless vampire number 17 or faceless demon number 24. It's interesting. Yeah, that's the good thing about 
um, Buffy is that the bad guys generally are interesting. And nine times out of ten, very charming, too. The next segment I have is uh, a new segment for the show. It's called uh, Let's Talk About Buffy's Inconsistent Power Usage. Okay. Um, So Buffy, who can leap tall school fences in barely a single bound, nay, the same camera shot. Yes. Because that's how they did that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was such grace and ease. And in episode one, she did that handstand like a gymnast handstand on top of a high bar and she mm-hmm. was perfectly straight. Like it was very clearly like rigged for that. But these yeah. are the powers that she has, but she can't close a door. <laughs> She's got to get Xander to help her close the door because the door is too heavy, but Xander will be just enough help. Yeah. But like it was just the right amount of too heavy because Xander's not helpful. No, he's not. Xander's not helpful. I'm pretty sure that there's an episode, maybe it's even like in later seasons where Buffy like loses her power or something like she's not super strong anymore for some reason. I don't remember why. And she asks Xander to help her open a jar and he can't do it. (laughs) That's good. That's very good. Xander is not very helpful. No. No, but Buffy's inconsistent powers. Yes. Which I'm sure will only continue to be inconsistent. Yeah. Like, some things are really hard for her, while other things that should be harder are not. It's very confusing. Buffy also doesn't know... uh, Let me just read what I wrote down. Buffy doesn't know how to load her sleeve steak. Correct. Because she loaded it in... So she... She had a, she had what I'm going to call her go bag. She had a go bag, which was really more of a trunk with yeah. a false top that had all sorts of crosses and vials of holy water and steaks and some other things. Uh, so she loaded up before the fight and she passed it out to everybody so that everybody could get in on the bad fight choreography. And then she took the steak and she loaded it in her sleeve, um, but the point was in towards her elbow. Yes. So, you know, when she throws it, you know, like flings it out of her sleeve and catches it, she'll be able to stab herself in the gut really well. Correct. (laughs) Because that makes sense. Yes. (sighs) We should make the note that the reason that Buffy has the trunk with the false top is because her mom does not know that she is the Slayer. That's true. That is Her mom does not know she is the Slayer, which is important information. That's important knowledge. So far, the only people that know are Giles, Willow, and Xander. and Xander. I have two more things written down. One is uh, vamps have... Uh, oh, right. The latest thing we've learned about vampires is they have glow-in-the-dark fingernails sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Only sometimes. And only downstairs in electrical corridors. I think it was just a really weird shot, but the, the guy's <laughs> nails... Uh, just came out past his fingers and we, it was a nice reverse shot like the hand the claw was right into the camera so you got a good view of, of the the mm-hmm. hand with the claws and it was a really good shot but all you could see was just the fingernails glowing yeah for whatever reason uh, I do want to give a shout out to Anthony Stewart head though because there was a shot right before they went into the um, 
the bronze mm-hmm. is the club. Yes. The the high school club that absolutely doesn't serve alcohol until they're at least out of high school. Anyway, Anthony Stewart Head does has a line like a, a last line to the group before they go in and they do a panning camera shot that starts on one side of Xander and the camera passes around the back of his head and we lose Anthony Stewart's head's face um, while he's delivering this line and he times it perfectly so that the pause for his line is while the camera is panning behind Xander's head so by the time it gets all the way back around and stops at its new spot it catches his face so he can deliver the last bit of the line it was just it was a very clear moment of hey this guy knows what he's doing yeah it's okay the acting has to get better yeah he's probably the only one well between him and Allison Hannigan are probably the only ones who know what they're doing right now the rest of them are they're trying yeah they're trying too hard they're working so hard to make California vampires believable yeah they're working so hard at it that it just feels Stilted, yeah, right and now. it's a it, lot of a lot of them just have like very. They don't have a lot of experience, I guess, because I think Sarah Michelle Gellar was on soap operas before this. It feels like it. Yeah, yeah, that feels right. Whereas Anthony Stewart Head has been act had been acting for years, and Allison Hannigan was a child star. True. So they know what they're doing. Yes. So. Well, that, we're coming to the end here. Do you have anything else about the um, episode episode two. two, pilot part two? That's not what it's actually <laughs> the called. The Harvest. The Harvest? Yes. They can't call it pilot part two. No. Well, the pilot also wasn't called the pilot. No, that was called Welcome to the Hellmouth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we do meet Harmony, but they don't tell us that her name is Harmony because she's not important yet. Was she the other girl in the computer yes. class? The, the blonde. blonde girl okay. was Cordelia. She doesn't really become important for quite a while, okay. but she does. She, she will be important eventually. Eventually. Um, because I don't think we included this in the pilot, and I wanted to... As a general rule, I don't like rating systems, especially 0 to 5 or 0 to 10, because... A lot of times it feels like if you don't have the maximum rating, you're failing yeah. somehow. Like if you don't have a perfect five stars, you know, you've only got a four and a half, like something. I don't really like the rating system, but I have found that the IMDB website, um, the individual, the rating system for individual episodes seems pretty good and on point. So it's at zero out of 10 and... Um, I'm going to say it seems like anything eight and over is a good episode. Yes. Generally speaking. And not just for Buffy, but for in general, in general, anything we've watched before. If you hit an eight, that episode is generally positive or generally good. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Episode one is an 8.2. Okay. And episode two, the harvest is an eight. Okay. Uh, 3000 plus ratings on each of these episodes. Um, now, I do have to say, um, we don't get another eight uh, for uh, several more episodes, and we do drop down into the sixes before season one is over. 
So I'm looking forward to that. Season two is very good. We'll get there. We have a lot to watch. And season one's only, what, 12 episodes? Yes. It's only 12 episodes. Yes. So. One of my favorite episodes of all time is in season two. This feels like a show that the episode is either really good or really bad. Yes. It, there's no in between. It, yes. It, is either, it either works or it does not. Yes. So far it's worked. Mm-hmm. But they've been relying on, we have to introduce everyone and we have to give you all this exposition. Yeah, I mean, but that's just kind of the standard. That's what the first five episodes of most television shows are. True. And that's what the first five episodes of this podcast are. Yes. <laughs> Us figuring out how we're doing this. Correct. So our final segment is Ryan Predicts Poorly. And next episode is episode three, uh, which is just entitled Which, uh, that is, uh, which of the broomstick variety. Correct. And I think we're going to find out that Principal Flutie is a secret witch. Okay. And that is what I think. I couldn't even tell you how many episodes Principal Flutie is on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to look. I don't want to find out right now because he sucks so much and I like it. It's You'll very be sad. Good. It's fine. It's very, it's, <laughs> it's very good. Um, anyway... That is episode two of I Missed It in our Buffy watch or rewatch, however you want to look at it. My name's Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that the earth is doomed. It was the last line of the episode, so I just figured maybe I'd just let the yes. last line of the episode be the sign off until we come up with something better. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.